0: Welcome to Hill City today. see your face, I will live that you will be done, I won't stop till your kingdom comes, cause you are, you are.
1: some noise. Come on.
2: leadership kids so they help us lead on Sundays in different capacities they all have awesome gifts and we're so glad to have them on our team so welcome this morning we have kids with us so we're going to have a really fun service we're so glad you're here
3: strong Power of your great love. My debt is paid. There's nothing that can separate my heart. My heart from your great love Your love never fails and never gives up Never runs out on me Your love never fails and never gives up Never runs out on me Your love never fails and never gives up Never runs out on me by the power of your great love my debt is paid there's nothing that can separate my heart from your great love your love never fails and never gives up never runs out on
2: and leads I like choke up I'm like uh-uh. I won't do it but I just think it's so cool how um how how God can use you no matter what age you are right and um and and that's awesome and we love having Maddie on our team she's such a blessing she's so much fun for us and um and I was just thinking about kids, and I got to go in there a couple weeks ago because there's a little incident um, <laughs> with Everett's teeth, huh? But he's all good. And, um, but I got to go in there and I got to watch the kids as they were worshiping. And even as Madison's leading, it just brings that verse to mind, if you have faith like a child. And sometimes we can so overcomplicate things, right? And um. And so I wanted to invite the kids that are, that are comfortable with it. And I want to challenge you, too, to come up and worship with us for this song. Um, I know you know it. It's called What a Beautiful Name. Miss Marcy's going to lead us. And it's such a beautiful song. But I got to watch you guys in Children's Church. And I got to watch you worship boldly. And that is so encouraging um, as a parent. As just a person in general to see you guys and to see that you're encouraging each other and that you're learning together how to worship and so we want you to come help us lead the church in worship today and um, you are our leaders you're the next generation and so I challenge you right now to be bold even if your hearts beating really fast and even if you're like but the people are gonna look at me but really that's not what it's about right it's about us worshiping God and us giving our heart to him during this time. And, and sometimes even though you're young, maybe you can teach us. You can teach us adults how to worship with everything in us. So I challenge you right now to come and worship with us.
1: You
4: were the word at the beginning. One with God the Lord most high You hidden glory in creation Now
1: amen. Give God a hand one more time. Awesome. You can be seated. You can be seated. I feel really quiet. I don't know if that's just me. I guess I like to be loud. There we go. There we go. Welcome to Hill City Church. Welcome to the big service, kids. You guys scared? (laughs) Don't be scared. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Just love having them here, love seeing them worship. Um, Man, it's cool, if you ever have a chance, come on back. Um, You have to go through protocol, we don't just let anybody back there, but you should come on back and see how they do, it's awesome, so. um, And man, just good job, worship team. Can we give the worship team a hand? Randy, your drumming's awesome, I mean it, I mean it. Sometimes drumming's one of those things, man. Drumming's one of those things like, when it's not good, you realize it, when it's good, sometimes you don't. right? But uh, man, you're, you're good, man. And just worship to God. And uh, it's true, And Madison was, I was, we were setting up, and I was like, man, I love that. I, I thought it was Shawnity at first. I love Sha. I love everybody's tone. So, but I was listening. I was like, man, I love her tone. And John's like, that's Madison. I was like, what? So anyway, um, just thanks for leading us in worship, guys. You guys are awesome, and uh, we just get to participate in it. Uh, so uh, we're going to keep moving here. I have a few announcements, and then uh, we're going to give it over to Pastor John to bring the Word of God. And uh, you guys can come forward. A couple of quick announcements: is uh, Grow Track is starting up. Next is it next Sunday, Mark. Yes next Sunday so today is the last day to sign up if you didn't see it you didn't look to your left right when you walked through the door there so right through the main doors into here there's a big sign this says grow track so sign up it only takes a minute and we get your information we're kicking that off next Sunday so that's a four-week course that goes through hill city our history why we do what we do and how you get involved and in taking that next step and helping partner with us as we reach the city of Thornton and beyond and then uh, the other thing is say nachos Nachos, uh, Sienna O, Siana Kai O, st- raise your hand. That was like a half raise, but it's okay. She's uh, raising money. She's already got her money bag. So you just want to come and put it in there, just drop money in. Uh, she's uh, raising money for Desperation 2018, which is in June, which is the, the youth uh, youth conference that a lot of our kids go to. So she's raising money for that. So please get some nachos and uh, donate to, to her, her fees to pay for the event, right? Did I get it all right? Did I say June? Okay, not June, July. Cool. All right, God, I'm going to pray and then we'll give it over to John. God, thank you for this morning for the uh, the opportunity to worship you in song. And uh, God, we we as I, as I as I spoke on last week, God, as we fix our eyes on Jesus right now. God, because that is the you're the perfecter and the, you're the author and the perfecter of faith. And so God, we cling to that this morning as we listen to the rest of the sermon. God, we just um, God, I, I was saying this earlier, we we reset or we, we, uh, we, we come to a place where we just set our eyes on the rest of this service, God, that we would be changed and moved, God, and driven and compelled to be different after this sermon, God. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your giving. Good morning. How are you guys doing,
5: kids? Man, the sun is out. The sun is out. I can tell you that. It is hot, and uh, people are taking advantage of it. I understand, but we have uh, a a wonderful just uh, service for you today, and uh, we are continuing in our series called "Bold Moves." Say "Bold Moves." If you're a guest here, we've been on this series all throughout the year, and uh, just excited, excited to continue making bold moves. We believe that in life, if there, we have to come to a place where we make bold moves. We've tried little tweaks in our lives, but at some point, we all make bold moves. So wherever you are, wherever you are, wherever God has you, maybe your next move in your life is not a little tweak, but something bold. I wanna welcome the Hill City kids, Today, give them a hand, guys. Oh, we say our kids are not the, are not the church of the future. They are the church of today. I believe uh, kids make as much impact as we do today. They are not on we are not on different levels or anything like that. God uses kids to absolutely. Uh, build your life as parents and they also have such a deep influence on one another they are shaping the world right now so very very excited to have them and as we're going through these bold moves i want to start with this bold thought for all of us for adults and kids i want to i want to think i want you to think with me what if god chose to answer all your prayers today all at once just think about that moment what if god chose to just un just like just, just break through the barriers and just uh, break in and just bless your life fully. Just move on your behalf at, at work, at school, uh, it, just to bless your finances, give you greater opportunity. And I want to ask this question because how would you handle that? How would we handle the blessings of God? How, would we hoard it? Would we use it for me would we use it for the good of others and the glory of God it, it's funny because there's moments I don't know if you've ever thought of this I, this is a lame John praying but like God just let me win the lotto I swear I'll be good right have you ever thought like that anyone just even the small one even the Colorado one I'll be down with it doesn't need to be the mega millions or the powerball but the powerball would be nice Right. Because it's always like at least 100 million. You're like, I would do good with it. And God always returns to me and says to me, then what are you doing with what you have now? Right. Because there's people who tell me if I won the lotto, man, I would take care of the church. Uh, and then I, in my mind is like, what are you doing now? Right. How, how is your lifestyle now? Because, because wherever you are, there you are wherever you are there you are we like to think of the better version of ourselves but whatever wherever we are reveals who we are and where we are and 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 this is very very, very important to understand because God, I, I absolutely believe, wants to pour out in the children, wants to pour out in our lives. But our obedience must match our faith, our passion must match our mission, and our character must match our gifting and our blessing. It does. It has to. So uh, so if you have your Bibles, please go to Luke 19. I'm going to say it again. You're gonna, you guys have to out-cheer the kids, all right? We cheer for the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, please go to Luke 19. All right, at this time, Everett's going to come up, and he's going to give us the, main, uh, the, the verse today, and we're going to continue. Go ahead, Everett.:
3: Hebrews 11:6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because any that come to him must believe that He exists, and He will reward those who earnestly seek Him..
5: Excellent. Faith. Say faith. Faith. As before, we begin and go into our scripture in Luke 19 about faith. I want to. I want to ask, how tall are you guys? How tall are you? Five four? How many? How many inches is that? Five feet? You don't know? You ever like? You ever been to like a, a, the guy who at a men's warehouse and they start measuring you? And they're like, and, uh, you, and it's funny because, like, they would measure me. I'm like, oh, I thought I was smaller than that. And they're like, no, you're not. Your measurements, you, you know, it, it gives you, like, your measurements. You're like, all right, let's see how big your dome is, dude. Right? 49 inches. Not kidding. You, you measure, and you, you get measured. And, 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 and let's see, let's see the measurement of Paul's head. half inches, all War. Right. four, let's go for it, <laughs> 23 inches, no, I, no you, you probably have a bigger dome than me, but we all measure up differently, don't we, we're not all the same size, we're not all the same height, we all measure differently, and so you kids know, I was, and, and some of you guys know that my wife measures in the short side of things, right, and it, yeah, she's a shorty, that's what Ezra said. she's a shorty. She she's five foot two, like every no, she's not. With her heels, she's five four, all right? But my wife, we were talking this week about like short people problems. And and, and they'll put up a picture of short people problems, but uh, we were we were saying, what are some short people problems? Look at that. They said uh it's all whatever like pants you get, it's always too long, right? When you when you're trying to get the last sock in the dryer, it looks like that. <laughs> right? You want to put something on the wall, you're like Spider-Man, and I said, your your feet are always hanging from the chair, because when we're sitting on the couch, Candace's feet is always hanging. I'm like, that's funny right there. (laughs) The five-foot section of the pool is the deep end, right? You're like, oh, that's deep, and I can't go to the deep, and I have to swim there, and you might or might not stand on your cabinets. I don't know, anyone stand on the cabinets to get the cups? Yeah, I see Candace. She's always on top of the cabinets to get something down, so I just reach for her. I'm like, I'm sorry that uh, you are short, but no matter your height or measurement or uh, the size of the, your dome or your feet or your nose, I love what God says to, to David through Samuel. He says in First Samuel sixteen seven he says, the Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Say the heart the heart. We see what we see with our eyes, but God sees our heart. He sees our motives that drive us. He sees our true desires. He sees what's in us. And so Luke 19 is a story of a man named Zacchaeus. Can you say Zacchaeus? If you grew up in the old school like church, they used to sing a song that Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And he was rich right here. Yeah, that's right, you're Korean. Oh, uh, He's a wee little man. Like, he didn't even notice Zacchaeus was short. He was like, Zacchaeus was rich, Dad. Right? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and the wee little man was he. He climbed up in a to see. I don't know how it goes. I didn't, I didn't grow up in church during that time. <laughs> but, I, uh, but I was thinking, like, man, Zacchaeus, we know this song about uh, Zacchaeus. Know, we know things about Zacchaeus, how short he was. But we miss out on the whole story. Because sometimes we, we isolate Zacchaeus' story in Luke 19 with Luke 18. Because Zacchaeus' story is actually the answer to the question in Luke 18. And Luke 18 was about a man called the rich young ruler. Right here rich young ruler say rich young ruler the rich young ruler if you go into luke 18 he had it all he was rich he was young and he was powerful and he had is that a ferrari and he had a ferrari all right he had had the most updated camel in in the land he was rich he was young he was powerful but he was struggling with some big questions about his life, his purpose, and the, and the afterlife. And so he walks up to Jesus. So Jesus is just walking through town. He walks up to Jesus in on his beautiful camel laced with purple and uh, with the best, fastest camel in the land. And he says, yo, Jesus. I don't know what he said exactly. He said, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? which is an interesting question because the way he shaped that question was interesting. So he says, what do I need to accomplish, Jesus? Which is the wrong question to Jesus because salvation is nothing that you accomplish. Salvation is a gift. And that is very important for our kids to understand from the get-go. Salvation, God's love and eternal life, is not something that God gives us because we're good. He gives us salvation because he loves us all right he gives us salvation because he loves us so but this guy he comes up to jesus what must i do to inherit eternal life and jesus goes along with him shaking his head just like we do sometimes as parents we're like we just go along with it as teachers you guys know and jesus says just follow the commandments perfectly And now the rich young dude, he says, I've been following all the commandments perfectly since I was a young child. I got these down. What else do you want me to do? What else do I need to do? And Jesus replies a very strong word, but out of absolute love. And he says one more thing. He says a good thing in your life has turned into a God thing. And I'm going to point it out, not because I hate you and I want to take things from you, but because I love you. You don't own your riches, he says, your status or power. It owns you, controls you. That's what you serve. And, you, and if you continue to go down this road, rich young ruler, it's going to steal your soul and bring you far from God. You will gain the whole world, yet forfeit your soul, right? So listen to me now, he tells the rich young man. I'm making you an offer. Go sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. Your reward will be in heaven. And come follow me. Be with me. And I will teach you how to really live. I will teach you how to really live. And when the rich young ruler heard this, he put his head down. He turned around and he walked away very, very sad. The Bible says because he, was, he had a lot of stuff. He, he didn't really, and this is a lot of us, uh, There's, he, he had so many things that really he came up to Jesus to add Jesus to his life, but he didn't want Jesus to actually change his life. And a lot of times I can see, even in myself many times, I want to add Jesus into things, Jesus into the areas of my life, but I don't want Jesus to take the lead in those areas. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? And and what Jesus is pointing out here is the sin of greed. Say the sin of greed. Jesus loves us so much and too much that he is not going to let us live and, and just continue in our sin of greed. And because greed is hard to see. Self-centeredness is hard to see. You could see dishonoring of parents, right? You've ever been to the supermarket and the kids are yelling and even your kids look at you and you're like, They shake your head, I'm like, you got it, that's right. That's right. And then they do it to you like the very next week. And then you and then you see other parents shaking their head at you. And you're like, what? What? Has this never happened to you, right? But you could see dishonoring of parents. You could see stealing because that's not yours, right? You you could see worshiping of other idols, but greed is in the heart. And what Jesus said, in, or what God said in 1 Samuel, man sees the outside, but God sees the heart. Greed is in the heart. Even in Luke 12, he says, watch out, Jesus says, be on your guard against all kinds of greed because it's sneaky. It'll sneak up right on you and you'll think you're all good, but it will one day trap you, right? You'll serve it like a master and it will keep you from loving God deeply and loving people deeply. It will. When our self-centered focus as kids or as adults, when we think of ourselves more than we ought, it will keep us from loving God deeply and loving others deeply. And so the crowd heard Jesus, right? The crowd is listening to Jesus, watching this dialogue, this exchange, and they say out loud, then Jesus, who can be saved? And Jesus says this, what is impossible for man is possible with God. Now let's go to Luke 19, because Jesus is answering this question, who can be saved through the life of Zacchaeus? That's why it's one in the same story, right? Right? Luke 19, verse 1. I'm going to read fast, and we're going to just jam through this. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, and he was a chief... Tax collector and he was rich. He had bling, right? He had the big, big stuff and he was powerful. Not only was he powerful, he was one bad man. He had the power of Rome behind him. He was the chief tax collector, which meant that no one liked Zacchaeus. We don't, uh, if someone works for the IRS, I apologize. But most people aren't always happy with the IRS, right? You're like, oh, I got a bonus. All right, 60% of that gets taken from me. High five, right? Have you, has anyone bonused? And they're like, yes. And then they're like, oh, 60% of bonuses get taken. I didn't know that. Congratulations. for uh, You got 40 bucks. You got much less, right? And, and so Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. No one liked him, for he stole from his own people, taking more money than he should for himself. He was the guy who would steal from your grandmother, right? He was the guy, teachers, who underfunded schools, right? He underfunded schools, and that's why you needed to revolt. But verse 3, yet he sought to see who Jesus was, and I believe this is such a good verse, because many of us, we are here because we want to see who Jesus is. Who is this Jesus? Who is this? What is he about? And can he really change my life? I believe that was my question the first time I ever really sought after Jesus. I said, who, if, who is this Jesus? And can he really change my life? It was a bold question. Verse 3, but, but, could, but he could not see Jesus because of the crowd, for he was super short. So he ran ahead and climbed up the sycamore tree to see him for Jesus was going to pass this way. Now, what you must understand is that rich, powerful, important, grown men in this culture, they don't climb trees, right? When you're rich, powerful, and you're a grown man in in this culture, the chief of tax collectors, you have other people climb trees. That's number one. You're too dignified to climb trees. And number two, you don't climb trees because you're wearing a robe, right? You'll show too much. You'll show too much. So those are the two reasons you don't climb trees. But yet Zacchaeus, he knew Jesus was coming past him and he could not miss this opportunity. And a bold moment like this takes bold measures. Takes bold measures measures. So he goes out on a limb like a little kid. I don't know if you've ever fell out of a tree as a little kid. It hurts much more when you're an adult and over 200 pounds, right? It's true. The tree limbs break when you're 200 pounds. They just do. And so I remember falling out of a tree. When I was a kid, we had i I'm not telling kids to do this. We had a tree next to our apartment complex, right? It was a, it was like a, three or four foot gap from our, and we lived on the second story. And if our, and when my mom and dad, I shouldn't even say this. This is not a good story. It's too late. It's too late. I'm on this. When my mom and dad told us to go to our room and we were stuck in our room all day, we would from our window, take the blinds off and jump the gap onto the tree and climb down. And then play for an hour, climb up the tree and jump the gap back in. And thank God we haven't died yet. It was crazy. I was like, remember when we used to jump onto the tree? I was talking to my brother. He was like, yeah, that was insane. It was really high. We did some insane stuff, but don't do that, guys. That's the moral That's the moral of the story for my family. Right? <laughs> but bold moments take bold measures. And Zacchaeus started to he went up the tree started shouting jesus look at me right here right here jesus do you see me he started shouting verse five and when jesus came to that tree to that place he looked up and saw him saw his heart many did jesus saw a lot of people that day but he saw zacchaeus he saw his heart and he said zacchaeus you're the worst you're going to hell And you're a complete mess and there's no hope for you. No, he wouldn't say that. That's right. He didn't say that. Jesus didn't say that at all. He says, Zacchaeus, hurry, come down, man. I want, I'm going to stay at your house today. It's awesome. Jesus invites himself over to people's houses. I like that right? I like to invite myself to people's houses, and some of my close friends know I just show up to their house. Paul, I showed up to his house this week, and he was like sitting in the back porch. I was like, yes, and I, I like to show up to places uh, just because I'm just weird like that, and, and 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 some people, Candace, she doesn't like when people show up, and I'm like, I just invite people. Whenever you want to show up, just show up. If we're not there, just take the garage code. Just eat the stuff in the fridge, right? My gr- my fridge is your fridge. You can come right in, but, but that's how it was. He's like I'm staying at your house, and sometimes we think Jesus as this angry guy. We see we think God is like trying to, to get ready to yell at us. Like do my do listen to these rules or I'm gonna yell at you, right? And sometimes that's how we think of God because maybe that's what we were taught when we were kids, or maybe that's how we, our par- our parents were, and so all right our parents are strict. God is super strict, right? And so we have we have these thoughts of what understanding of God. But as we read this word, I want to describe how Jesus is. Verse six. Verse 6, so Zacchaeus quickly came down and received Jesus joyfully. And when they, the crowd, say they, when they saw this, they all complained, saying Jesus has gone to be with a guest, uh, to be a guest with a man who is a sinner, right? You sinner, right? And it's funny, listen, when you make bold moves, they, people going to talk, right? Right? any time you make bold moves, people are going to talk. You make a bold move with your hair, people are like, uh, I like the last haircut, right? You, you, you like to color your hair. You're like, that's a that's bold move. That's a bold move. I like it. I like bold moves. But whenever you make any bold moves in your life, we get scared of what they are going to say. It's crazy. Who and, and in this moment, no matter what, they're going to talk no matter what. If you make a move or not, there's always they's. And I I love Zacchaeus. He didn't care because he didn't get caught up with the they's, right? If you get caught up trying to please the they's, you can never please God. I want you to hear that, kids and adults alike. When we get caught up with all the voices of the they's, you cannot please God it says that all throughout the bible when you're trying to please man you cannot please god and there's so many voices there's only one voice we need to hear the voice of jesus that says i love you let's hang out i honestly think Those are the first words Jesus would tell us no matter where he finds us. If he finds us in a club, when he finds us in a fight, when he finds us in all sorts of messes, I believe the first two lines Jesus would ever tell me, you, and the kids is, I love you, let's hang out. I love you, let's hang out. All throughout the Bible you will see, I love you let's hang out, man. The woman at the well in Samaria, I love you. Let's hang out. Peter, James, and John as they're fishing, I love you. Let's hang out. Let's eat some fish together. And those are such valuable words that we need to learn as a culture because we have gotten away because we got so caught up with the days. Oh, and that rhymes. I love you let's hang out. I think we need to use this line again. Verse 8, now after dinner, Zacchaeus stood and said to Jesus, look Lord, I gave half my goods, all my stuff and my money to the poor. I've taken, if I've taken anyone by stealing from them or false accusation, I restored it four times, fourfold. And Jesus didn't even ask him to do anything. He just did it out of his heart because Jesus saw his heart. And Jesus said to him, salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. And I can go off on this, but I won't for today. In verse 10, the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. That's the heart of God, to seek and save the lost. I love you let's hang out, to the lonely, to the not popular, to the hurting. He wants to be with us. So today, I want us to get a hold of two things. Now, be real quick, guys, because Michael told me, don't be too long, dad. No one wants to listen to that mess, right? He said, so because I got to talk to him twice on this message. Number one, point number one, Jesus is for you. Jesus is, is for you I know I've been saying this lately but I think I'm saying it to myself and I'm saying it to you and I'm saying it to the people in this room because you know what this world will beat you down isn't it this world will be so rough some of our friends they'll say things to us that will hurt us deeply at school or at work but I want you to know that Jesus is for you I don't know how you picture God but the most important thing is to understand that Jesus is for you. He loves you. He wants to hang out with you. John three sixteen and 17 in the Message Bible says this, this is how much God loves the world and loves you. He gave his son, his one and only son, that, and this is why, so that no one needs to be destroyed by believing in him. Anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go through all this trouble by sending his son merely to point an accusing finger at you and say, oh, you don't measure up. Let me see. Let me see how your life is supposed to look. You don't measure up. He didn't do that. No, he didn't come to point an accusing finger at you, but telling the world how bad it is. No, he came to help put the world right again to show you how to live, to be more human, to save it. Jesus didn't come with a measuring tape like I did today. He didn't. He didn't. To see if you measure up. But he came to seek and save that which is lost. People like Zacchaeus, people like you and me, offering them joy, a way out of sin, healing their hurts. And that's what he did. He came to bring peace, to be, to bring the kingdom of God. And I want us to just close our eyes for a moment. And I want you to picture in your mind that Jesus, just picture Jesus smiling at you. Just picture Jesus smiling at you. Because sometimes we picture Jesus with the angry frown that my wife gives me sometimes, right? But I want you to picture Jesus smiling at you and he says, I love you. I'm for you. Let's hang out. You can look at me. Church family, the strength of your faith is knowing boldly that God is for you. When you can, that is the foundation of, of your understanding of Jesus. That he is for your joy. For your joy. When we really believe this, God's correction is for our joy, we're like, I can handle that. When we really believe that God's hardship is for our joy, so we suffer well. We when we really believe when storms come that He's making us, it's for our joys, we go through storms well. Because we believe God is in control and that He'll even use the hardships to make us and, and use us in a greater way for His glory and for the good of others. Jesus is for you. And number two. Last point, Jesus wants to be with you. Let's hang out. Many see the cost of the rich young ruler, but I want you to see what Jesus was offering, right? We see the rich young ruler, and even when I read this story, I'm like, man, that's a lot you're asking from this bro. Like, this guy, can he really give, that's a lot, God. That that's, might be too much, but what I forget to understand is what Jesus was offering the rich young ruler. The cost of not following Jesus. Number one, he was offering him eternal life. What can we trade for our soul? What can we trade for wholeness and forgiveness? Number two, he was offering him to be the 13th disciple. He was offering the rich young ruler. He said, sell everything and come follow me. Be with me. I want to teach you how to be more human, right? He was teaching him just to Come with him in his life, to be with him in his life. And number three, he was giving him purpose to change this world. Yet he could not see what Jesus was offering because he was holding too tight to what he had. Think about that. The rich young ruler, his riches was his trap. His stuff in his status had a hold of him, but for Zacchaeus, he was willing to let it go, like Elsa, right? To get a hold of Jesus. For Zacchaeus, it was not a fair trade. He understood he was getting heaven, he was getting forgiveness of sin, he was getting time with Jesus, and that was priceless. Many of us today, we deal with the same dilemma, right? Sometimes it seems too much. The cost is too high. God, this is too hard to follow you. What if people don't like me when I follow you? What if people like make fun of me or if I get in trouble or if it's going to be hard if I'm gonna be a follower of Jesus and I'm gonna listen to what you say and I'm gonna obey you more than anyone else. I'm gonna listen to your voice and not the other voices. But do we ever think the cost of not following Jesus? What do you think? The cost of not giving God our sin not giving God our hurts, not giving God our past or our whole self. Sometimes we obsess over what we have that we miss out on the life that God has for us, the purpose, the mission, forgiveness, and freedom. Who are we today in this story? Are we Zacchaeus? Or are we holding too tight to some of the things that we have in life, Some of the things that we identify and it has become our identity. And I'm, I'm just saying there's nothing wrong with things and stuff and passions and hobbies. But good things can easily become God things. I've seen it in my own life very quickly. I obsess over everything. I do. I don't know if you're obsessive. I am. If you know me, I have major hobbies and I go all into that. And maybe that's one of the reasons I always need to call myself a fast. I'm fasting in May. And if you want to join me in May, I would love for you just to fast and to sacrifice an area of your life, a meal of your life, a time of your life, just to seek Jesus. But it's a reset button for me because I know that sometimes God just wants to be with me. And I say, I'm too busy. And I miss all the things that he's offering my life because I think... What I have in my hand is greater than what, what he's offering. But Jesus is patient. And he says, John, you crazy Korean. I love you. And I just want to hang out. Let's stand. Let's stand. Today, many of us in here, and we're like the rich young ruler, and we say, Jesus, what must I do to measure up? What must I do clean myself up. But I want you to understand today, God is not in a hurry to fix you. Listen to my voice. This is so important. God is not in a hurry to fix you. I know that's what we think. I'm coming to church. I need to clean myself up. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do this. And we point and we measure. That doesn't match up. That doesn't match up. God is not in a hurry to fix you. Our behavior is not his first priority. Relationship is his first priority. I know that's hard. That's hard to understand. We're like, oh, what do you want me to fix? And God's like, Jesus is like, I just want to spend time with you. And as you spend time with me and you understand me and you walk with me and you talk with me and we dialogue and we pray and you seek me, you just become more like me. Uh, when I spend too much time with Paul, I say the word Nice. Because Paul says, nice. I'm like, uh, he'll uh, he be like, nice. And so like when I, he's like, how's your day? Uh, you know, oh, that's, oh, this and this happened. And he, then he'll turn to me and he'll say, nice. You just spend time with him. You'll say, it's funny. You start saying the same thing your friends start saying. Isn't that true? And our kids say the same thing we say. And then we say, don't say that. Right? Because they spend too much time with us. And in the same way, when you spend too much time with God, you, with Jesus, you start saying what Jesus says. You start seeing what Jesus sees. You start loving like Jesus loves. And and so his first priority is not behavioral modification. It's relationship. It's relationship. We're not fighting to be righteous. Relationship is different. We are righteous because we spend time with Jesus. And we want Jesus, our righteousness, our goodness, our faithfulness, our love, our fruits of spending time with Jesus, not information, just being with Jesus like Zacchaeus. Get a hold of Jesus. To get a hold of Jesus, he had to let go of things that had a hold of him. I know in our world we use measuring tapes We use scales. We use dollar amounts to measure our worth and our value. But God values you so much that he gave his own son for your life, his life for your life. He values you so much that he made you in his image, and he has put purpose into your life. Today, will you make a bold move like Zacchaeus, understanding that Jesus loves you and he's for you? He wants to be with you and just hang out with you. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he had a meal with his guys. He knew it was the last night that they would be together. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Jesus could have done anything he wanted the last night, but he wanted to say, I love you. Let's hang out. So he takes the cup and he says, this is my blood. Of the new covenant that is poured out for you and he says whenever you come together to eat whenever you spend time together do this in remembrance of me knowing that your righteousness is not earned by you I cover you because I love you let's take the cup together thank you Lord also that night he took bread and he broke it and i always break my bread my hand i break it because i know who broke it jesus it was me my sins and on that same night he took bread and he broke and he said this is my body that was broken for you anytime that you are together man do this in remembrance of me let's take the bread together What is impossible with man is possible with God. Salvation is possible with God. Freedom is possible with God. Your healing being passed, your past being healed is possible with God. What are you holding on to that is really holding on to you today? I pray like Zacchaeus, cry out to Jesus. Shout out to Jesus and say, Jesus, see me. Do you see me? And I believe he will come to you and say, I love you. Come down from that tree. Let's let's spend time. Let's hang out. I believe that is the heart of Jesus. And as we leave today throughout this week, spend time with Jesus. He loves you. Jesus, as we go today, we thank you. Thank you for Zacchaeus, you brought him down a tree, but you put yourself back on a tree to take care of his sin. And I pray when we hear the story of Zacchaeus, we understand, Lord God, that you took his sin so he could come down that tree and be fully accepted. And I pray that today when we come down off whatever we're holding on to, Whatever separates us from you, let us understand you took all of that. You took it up a tree, and you sacrificed it for us so that we could be set free. We love you. Let's hang out with you this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. God bless you. Spend time with your family, and enjoy the sun. God bless you guys.